name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit, Lord, we come, we gather together to lift up your name, to call on our Savior, to fall on your grace. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit, Lord, we come, we gather together, lift up your name, to call on a Savior, to fall on your grace. Hear the joyful sound of our offering, as your saints bow down, as your people sing. We will rise with you, lifted on your wings, and the world will see that our God joyful sound of our offering as your saints bow down and as your people sing we will rise with you lifted on your wings and the world will see that our God saves our God saves and there is hope session. That's a test. All right. Here we go. We'll get running so that we can get in as much as possible. I'm long-winded. So uh, I will try to finish up on time so y'all can get out of here at a good hour. We call this, uh, you can get something from nothing, debunked. All right. And so hopefully it'll make sense as we get going along here. Uh, let me take you to a museum real quick. I told you I love to lead tours through museums. This is the Museum of the Rockies. And it's a really, really neat museum, great fossils. But there was one sign in there that really caught my attention. Take a look. Science without physical evidence is opinion, and opinion is not science. 
even if it's the opinion of a scientist. That's good. That's real good, okay? So hang on to that, because now we need to take a look at the quote-unquote evidence that uh, we can get something from nothing, because, well, let me jump into this stuff here, right? This is uh, just for time. All right, so here we go. People think that this is a battle between God and gas. Big bang, one time. Everything was back to something smaller than a pinhead, then 4.5 billion years ago it explodes and turns into everything that we see. So the battle is ultimately between God and gas, and that's not the case. Evolutionary model, which by the way, oh, we don't want to talk about this stuff. You need to. We need to know it better than the world, because I'm telling you right now, this generation is going to hear it. They're going to hear it and uh, they're going to hear it in school. They're going to hear it in video games. They're going to hear it in music. They're just going to hear it. They're going to be exposed to it. So we teach them how to deal with it. All right. So it's not God versus gas. It's actually God versus nothing. Because the evolutionary process actually teaches that in the beginning, nothing became everything. And if you think I'm joking, Alexander Vilenkin, take a listen. There is one answer that appears to avoid this problem. The idea is that the universe could be um, spontaneously created out of nothing. So the battle lines are drawn. God versus nothing. And if you think Alexander Vilenkin is like the lone stranger out there and nobody else believes that, let me take you to Peter Atkins. Again, take a listen. And it may be that our universe happens to be that happy chance of nothing transforming itself into what seems to be something that seems to persist. So there you go. It's God versus nothing, and I think we need to deal with it. And the only way I know how to deal with things are just to define the terms. Right? I already told you that. Love doing that. So let's define nothing. Because maybe I don't understand what nothing is. Maybe that's why I don't believe it. So what do I do? I go to smart guys. Aristotle. Ever hear of Aristotle? Aristotle had an interesting definition of nothing. His definition of nothing was something that rocks dream about. <laughs> that was Aristotle's, right? But hey, this is modern time. He's old. He didn't have a PhD. Let's go to a PhD. Theoretical physicist, Dr. Michio Kaku. Ooh, let's let him define nothing. Floyd doesn't believe he can actually get his taxes done for nothing. So we brought in Dr. Michio Kaku to explain exactly what we mean by nothing. Nothing is the absence of something. Zero is absolutely nothing. So it costs nothing? Well, it costs you zero, which is nothing. Nothing. Okay, are we all in agreement now? Do we know what nothing is? We're in agreement, okay. By the way, it doesn't take a genius to do your taxes. I'm gonna reveal my bias right at the very beginning. It doesn't take a genius to figure out you can't get something from nothing. But let's just deal with it, okay? Let's go after it. So here's our definition. Nothing is the absence of something. Now we're going to the big dogs, Richard Dawkins, Lawrence Krauss. Ooh, can you go ooh with me? Ooh, we're in trouble. These are the big dogs. Very antagonistic, very anti-Christian, right? Here we go. Uh, Lawrence Krauss, well, first, Richard Dawkins, who is he? He's written a bunch of books. The God Delusion is probably the biggest selling one. Now, why would I use him? Why would I even bring him up? Because I put it like this. Younger generation, I think you'll understand this. Richard Dawkins is like Gru. You know who Gru is, right? Gru. He, Richard Dawkins is Gru. If he uses an argument, the minions are using the argument, okay? Uh, Lawrence Krauss, he's a, he's a Gru wannabe, but he's never going to grow up to be Gru. He's just not going to do it, okay? Uh, but he did write a book, and it was entitled, A Universe from Nothing. Why there is something rather than nothing. So please, use your imagination with me here this evening. We really want to know how you can get something from nothing. We're, we're, we're interested. We're so interested, we buy the book when it first comes out, $35 hardcover book. Hello? Am I going to do it? No. But I'm so interested that I do it. And now, oh, believe it or not, 
Richard and Lawrence are coming into town and they're doing a tour to explain. So we buy our $100 tickets to go watch Richard and Lawrence. And now we got to drive across town. We don't get to fly in that cool helicopter like I did this afternoon and skip traffic and no stoplights. We got to drive to get there. We got an hour invested in it. And now some of you guys still have children. So now I got to get a babysitter. Are you with me? We're invested. To go here, Richard and Lawrence explain how we get something from nothing. So here's what we do now, parents, grandparents. We're going to take their video and we're going to critically evaluate what they teach. Because I firmly believe if you teach a generation how to think, these guys are not intimidating at all. But if you let it play for two hours, at the end of two hours, you're going to be like, man, it must be true. I don't have a clue how to deal with that. So let's take it. I'm not skipping. I'm not cherry picking. We're going to go through it. We're going to work through probably about five to seven minutes of this thing because of time. But here we go. In the context of evolution, what something from nothing means to you? Charles Darwin solved one of the greatest riddles that the human mind has ever solved, which is how you get something from nothing in the sense of how you get the immense complexity and diversity and beauty and elegance of life, and perhaps above all, how you get the powerful illusion of design that life shows, starting not quite from nothing, but starting from extreme simplicity. We need to talk. Let's take and evaluate what we were just taught here, okay? So uh, first, let me give you some uh, tools that I see being used to really shut down guys like myself. In full disclosure, I do not have a PhD in science. I don't. Um, I'm very happy that I can read. That's the level that I'm at. I am the son of a professional wrestler. I grew up around guys with one name, Crusher, Bruiser, Mauler, Assassin. IQ was not stressed in my home. My dad was more concerned on if I beat anybody up in school, okay? So that's my background, not pretending to be anything other than what I am. But you know the one thing that I did learn growing up in the home of a professional wrestler is how to tell a fake and a fraud from a block away. You can sniff out a fake in a heartbeat, bro, when you grow up the way that I did. These guys are fakes. Big words, let's deal with it. Here's the attacks that they will do to you. Charles Darwin, boom, he just dropped the Charles Darwin bomb, walk away. You dropped the Charles Darwin bomb, everybody knows Charles Darwin proved it, really. The laws of quantum mechanics, the laws of physics, the laws of chemistry, the laws of, boom, walk away. Because the vast majority of us sitting in this room tonight are like, laws of quantum mechanics must be true because I can barely say it. Intimidated, don't want to deal with it. Don't be. Um, so let's address these things. He said this, hold him accountable. Same way you should hold me accountable. Charles Darwin solved how you, get, you can get something from nothing. What is Charles Darwin famous for? Interaction time. The theory of evolution, but he had something very specific. Origin of species, something very specific. What was the thing that he observed to prove he didn't, he didn't invent evolution. Evolution goes all the way back, okay, way back, even to Aristotle. He is famous for one thing. Natural selection, which was? The what? Taxonomy. Taxonomy, which are? What, what was it? What was it? Finches. The finches were his big thing. Darwin's finches. And the Galapagos turtles. Those were his two big examples. Charles Darwin proved you can get something from nothing. What did he show? That if you start with birds, you can get different varieties of birds. That's what he came up with. He came up with a supposed mechanism, how one thing turned into another thing. He did not come up with evolution. And by the way, what did he actually show? You start with a population, okay, normal season, you have equal numbers of birds with little beaks and big beaks. A drought comes along. The tender plants disappear. Only enough food for the big beak birds. The little beak birds don't get as much food. So what's going to happen to the population of the little beak birds? It's going to decrease. Rains come back. Plants come back. What's going to happen to the population? How does this prove that you can get something from nothing? You started with birds, you ended with birds, and all they did was have different sized beaks. And by the way, do you know how big the difference was in these, is, not was, is. The difference in beak size, do you know how big it is? 
One millimeter. One secular scientist, I read this, he said, the only person that can tell the difference between these beaks is this guy's name, the guy that studied these birds for 30 years. Nobody else can see this stuff. That's how strong this was. <laughs> one, he, he had beak, birds with beaks that had a millimeter, less than a millimeter, difference in size. Does that prove you can get something from nothing? Absolutely not. Oh, by the way, this is, you take a pencil, a sharpened pencil, put a dot on there. It's, it's less than that. Okay, don't trust me though. Let's go to a non-Christian. The theory of evolution deals with changes in populations. Hello? Populations are something. And you're supposed to explain to us how we get something from nothing. Starting with populations and getting changes in populations, by the way, is a creationist teaching. All right, he continues on. Uh, that given a starting population, changes will occur. Do I believe that? Absolutely. If you see my wedding pictures, trust me, I have changed over time. Like 70 pounds. I quit counting years. Change over time is a reality, but I'm still people. He goes on, uh, that starting population is an objective fact. We can see it in the fossil record. Oh my, please come dig dinosaur fossils with us. The rocks cry out. God did what he said that he did the way that he said that he did it. Oh, I love the fossil record. We can talk about that. Let's keep going though. He said this, powerful illusion of design the life shows. Why would he make that statement? There's an old saying, mature generation, <laughs> the devil is in the detail. Remember that? That's a lie. God is in the detail. You take anything that God made, look at it under an electron microscope. This is shark skin. Speedo's trying to rip them off. They're trying to make the swimsuits with this pattern because they, then they have less resistance in the water and get faster swim times. All right? The God that we serve, snowflake. And by the way, he's not boring just making one kind of snowflake. He's making all kind of snowflakes. Take a breath. Go ahead. Exhale. Take another breath. Exhale. The reason you could do that is because of these things. Whoops, I went two fists. This right here. It's called the diatome. What's that? It's another story. But that's why you can breathe. Two breaths that you take out of 10 are because of those things right there. And when you start looking at all the patterns of diatomes, they are amazing. I mean, they're like jewels. Eggs of a butterfly look like gems. They are amazing. Hay fever, anybody? Hello? This time of the year? Because of this thing right here. Now, you take anything that man made, look at it under an electron microscope. This is an unused needle. You should see a used needle after just three usages. The tip is bent. From just... I got the pictures. It's crazy. This is an unused needle. You take the finest gear in a Swiss watch. It's junk. Anything that man made is junk the closer you get to it. God is in the detail. There is no illusion of design. We see design everywhere. Design requires a designer. Starting not quite from nothing. Hello? Hello? Did you all hear that? We paid to come here, how you can get something from nothing. And in the opening statement, the guy who wrote the afterword of the book says that it came not quite from nothing. Do you think there's any questions that we might want to ask? Right? Anybody? By the way, do you think anybody in that audience asked a question? Oh, no. It was people were, oh, Richard. Lord, don't worship people. We are all fallen, fallible sinners, man. Do not worship people. Nobody challenged this. Starting not quite from nothing, but starting from extreme simplicity. When I'm working with younger generation, just to mess with them at the camp type setting, I'll say, okay, somebody, can you please give me an example of extreme simplicity, but you can't use me? I'll let them go for a little bit. And do you know what you do at the end of however long? We could do it for a week if you want to. No, you don't. You know what you do at the end of that time? Whatever you came up with is something. A molecule, water, 
air. None of those are simple, by the way. <laughs> a cell, not simple, <laughs> amazingly complex. I don't care what you come up with, it's something. And you're supposed to tell me how we got something from nothing. Can't be done. It can't be done. But let's keep going. Maybe there's more. So getting something from nothing, Charles Darwin gives us all confidence. Charles Darwin showed that what must have seemed the most difficult problem of getting something from nothing was soluble. He solved it, and his successors have been simply fleshing out his explanation ever since. But after Darwin, it's no longer possible for anybody, any reasonable person, to say, oh, I simply can't believe you could get something so complicated as that. Let's break it down. All right. Uh, Darwin showed it was possible to get something from nothing. How? He had nothing to do with getting something from nothing. Nothing. Okay? Uh, how about this one? You're not reasonable if you don't believe you can get something from nothing. You see, this is the thing. We allow the world to frame the argument, and then we abide by it. You can't use God to prove your position. You can't use the Bible, because I don't believe that book. It's old. It's outdated. It's filled with fairy tales. Sorry. Who died made you the arbiter of truth? I believe the Bible. Here's why. I'm going to use it as my foundation. You don't believe it? I do. Here's why. But we let the world dictate the rules. We're intimidated. Don't be intimidated. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Why are we so intimidated? You're not reasonable if you don't believe you can get something from nothing. Do you know it's not reasonable for you to sell me a book entitled A Universe from Not Quite Nothing? No, 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 no. A universe from nothing. And then in your opening statement, tell me that it wasn't quite nothing. And then tell me that I can't ask you, well, if it's not quite nothing, that means it's something. What's that something? You're not reasonable for asking. No, what's not reasonable is to not be willing to deal with the facts. He goes on, all right? But I think you're not being fair to Darwin. I think in a sense it's something from nothing. I mean completely nothing. Uh, in the sense that every time a new... Sp take humans. We weren't around uh, perhaps more than maybe five to ten million years ago. And, and, and so in a sense every time a new species is created it's something from nothing. I love this one. I have great fun with this one, especially in the school setting. All right, young person, I need a volunteer. I'm not going to do it to you tonight. Come on up. Defend your position. Welcome to freshman year biology. I'm your professor. What's wrong with you? Why can't you understand that you can get something from nothing? Five to ten million years ago, no humans. Now there's humans. That's an easy example of how you can get something from nothing. And do you know what I get most of the time? In the two years that I've been doing this talk, do you know how many times I've had a solid, rational response? Twice in two years. Because most of them will come up, well, the Bible, don't you dare bring that old, outdated book in here with all those mistakes and errors in there. Don't have a clue. Don't have a clue. God, there's no such thing as a God. Don't have a clue. You can answer that, and you don't need to invoke God. You don't have to invoke, invoke the Bible. You need to understand their position just as well as they do, if not better. Because when you do, you're like, you're joking, right? <laughs> you're joking, right? Um, this is what he said. You're not being fair to Darwin. It's something from nothing. Completely nothing. Did I quote him right? Hello? That's a direct quote. Look, every time a new species is created, something from nothing. Anybody want to take a quick stab at it just for time? I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. Anybody want to take a quick stab on how you would answer that? Just cut it off at its knees? It is so easy. I'm going to let Richard Dawkins tell you. He gives a creationist response, for the most part, 90% creationist. Well, it's not from nothing because it's from, a, it's from an antecedent species and, and even the evolutionary process, the process that Darwin discovered, doesn't start from nothing. It had to start from, well, a, a, a reasonably complicated chemical beginning, which was the, the first self-replicating molecule. You, you can't, I mean, natural selection can't get going until you have genetics. And so you've got to have genetics. And that's not a trivial problem, and it's a problem that actually hasn't yet been solved. Hello? That is a 90% creationist response. It really is. He just used a big word, 
antecedent species. I don't use that word. But I understand the process. I understand that the evolutionary processes teaches, process teaches that there was a common ancestor between apes and humans. And then approximately 10 million years ago, some of those common ancestors at that time, which had both ape and human characteristics, had offspring, some of which gradually became more human and we got humans, and some gradually became more ape-like and became apes. So therefore, is that an example of something from nothing? No. You got that common ancestor, that evolutionary ancestor. That's the antecedent species. It sounds better that way. I don't do that. Um, remember, our definition for nothing is absence of something. So guess what? An antecedent species is something. And then he said this, he said this, um, it had to start from, well, a reasonably complicated chemical beginning. Hello? Hello. Anybody see a big shift? Anything just interesting just happened here? What did we start off with? Extreme simplicity. We went from something to nothing to extreme simplicity to a reasonably complicated chemical beginning. That's a big shift. And then, and then, oh, you can't get going until you have genetics. In order to have genetics, you need to have something. Keep it simple. Got to have something. And, and, <laughs> started from a self-replicating molecule. You want to tell me that a self-replicating molecule is an example of extreme simplicity? Why can't we make one? With all of our intelligence, with all of our science knowledge, why can't we make one? We can't. I had guys challenge me, yes we can. I read the evaluation, I went and I wrote, I, I found it, sure enough. Short, sharp science, biologists create self-replicating RNA molecule. Does that prove that something can come from nothing? Just from the headline. Just from the headline. Biologists, which are somebody, created something. That has nothing to do with getting something from nothing. And by the way, if you just read the headline, you would be deceived. Because did they create a self-replicating molecule? No, they did not. Don't trust me, let's read the actual, I tell people, don't read headlines only. You've gotta read the actual article, then go read the sources that they cite, and don't stick with one, you gotta get at least three. And I use secular sources, I don't need the creationist stuff. All right, we'll jump through this real quick. Uh, da -da -da, let's jump through this for time. After this, you can see that there's intelligence involved in this whole process, but here's the quote that I wanna take you to. Crucially, TC19Z can copy pieces of RNA that are almost half as long, 48% as itself. Did they create a self-replicating molecule? No. 48%. I'm reading the comments after the article, right? This is not a Christian that wrote this. Is this article accurately titled, Biologists Create Self-Replicating RNA Molecule, when in the penultimate paragraph, I had to look that word up, second to last. I didn't know what it was, all right? Uh, can only, uh, I'm told it can only replicate half its length. Isn't that a bit like saying mechanic builds self-assembling car in Australia and then finding only half of it's being built when I get there? I could have saved my ticket money for when it could fully build. I was really annoyed. Why did I have to almost finish the article before I knew the title was wrong? How can I trust your titles ever again, new scientist? You can't. Because the people that write the titles are not the people that write the articles. And the people that write the titles write them in such a way to get us to the top 10 reasons Marianne couldn't get off the island. Get you to, ooh, jump in. Well, because it's a TV show. I mean, that's easy. There's only one reason, man. It was in the script. But anyway, um, let's keep going. Let me jump through some stuff here. Here we go. Well, in fact, actually, that's kind of interesting because it's true that many people think that evolution has to do with the origin of life, but it's really the origin of the diversity of life. Interesting quote. Very interesting quote. Evolution doesn't deal with the origin of life. Why? Because when you try to explain how you get life from non-life, you sound really bad. I mean really bad. Don't trust me. Have any of you ever seen this documentary? You need to have a church night and watch it. I mean it. You can get it pretty cheap now, I'm sure. It's well done. You need to watch this clip. I'm skipping it for time. Ben Stein did us a favor. He's not a Christian. I think he's a creationist now. But he went after Michael Ruse, who's a professor at the University of Florida. Loves to get your Christian child in his class, by the way. We'll chew them up and spit them out. When he questions him on how you get life from non-life, 
It is classic. It's terrible. But you need to go watch it for yourself. Sorry for time. We're going to skip that type thing. But I, I'm, I'm serious, man. You ought, please have a, a night where you watch it. Just, it's mind-blowing, okay? Here we go. Yes. It, and in it, fact, uh, the, final, the famous final paragraph of his book it basically tries to state that. Yes. Uh, it, no, you, you, you have to start from agenetics, and that's one of the big gaps in our knowledge at the moment. Nobody knows how, how that started. The laws of chemistry somehow had to give rise to a self-replicating molecule. Once you've got that, at least a sufficiently accurately self-replicating molecule, then evolution takes off. So there you go. It's really simple. All you got to do is get yourself some genetics. You got yourself some genetics. Evolution takes off. Because then you get yourself a self-replicating molecule. Boom. Then the laws of chemistry gave rise to a self-replicating molecule. Okay, here we go. Stick with me, please. I was just in California. Spoke out in Porterville. These are just a few of the books containing the laws in California. They got a lot of laws out there. You got a lot of laws in uh, Georgia? You got a lot of laws. We all got a lot of laws, okay? We have entire libraries with books containing the laws. So let's make it here to Georgia. Just Georgia. I don't want a big number. I'm trying to keep it smaller. Out of all the laws that you have here in Georgia, how many jails and penitentiaries, just jails and penitentiaries, in Georgia did those laws create? Just Georgia. How many jails and penitentiaries did those laws create? More than 100? Less than 100? Who's not going to answer no matter how many times I ask you, okay? <laughs> I'm seeing what I'm dealing with here tonight. More than 100? Come on. Less than 100. Okay. It's a whole lot less than 100. Actually, it's zero. Thank you, ma'am. It's zero. Laws do not create. Don't trust me. I'm Carl Kirby, the creationist. Let me take you to the non-Christian. Laws and descriptions, often mathematical descriptions of natural phenomena. For example, Newton's law of gravity or Mendel's law of independent assortment. These laws simply describe the observation, not how or why they work. Laws don't create. So when they throw this laws of chemistry, the laws of quantum mechanics, the laws of this, did this, laws don't do anything. But it's intimidating because I can't explain laws of quantum mechanics to you. But I know this, they don't create anything. So don't blow smoke at me. And what, what we've learned is remarkably this question, which is in the sense of cosmology, in my mind, the last bastion of those people who feel there must be a creator, is the fact that it is plausible, based on everything we now know, that a universe could come from nothing. Now, that doesn't mean it did come from nothing any more than Darwin's uh, argument implied that life absolutely originated by chemistry. We don't know that yet. Similarly, we can't prove that the universe arose from nothing, but the discoveries in, in, in physics and, and cosmology have led us to realize it's increasingly plausible, and I find that remarkable, and we're celebrating. $35 for the book, $100 for the ticket, all the stoplights we gotta go through. And this is what he said. It's plausible that a universe could come from nothing. Anybody wanna define plausible for me? possible. So if it's possibly true, then it's also possibly wrong. All right? By the way, uh, when you go down and look at a secondary definition, a full definition, I should say, superficially fair, reasonable, or valuable, but often specious. That's an interesting word. That is an interesting word. I didn't know what it meant. Had to look it up. The whole reason I got turned on to specious was because of a Bible verse. A Bible verse. This Bible verse I fear lest by any means is the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. And when you look that word up, subtlety means a specious or false knowledge. I didn't know what specious meant, so I had to look it up. And specious is something that looks good, but isn't. And that's this whole mess that they're throwing at our kids as a fact. What did he just say? We can't prove that. But, this is what he said. I'll read his quote so you just make sure. That doesn't mean that it did come from nothing. Um, any more than Darwin's argument implied that life absolutely originated by chemistry, we don't know that yet. Then why is it being jammed down the children's throats in our country? And if you don't believe it, then you are the idiot. You're the 
one that's going to get attacked and mocked. And they're doing a very good job of it. We don't know that yet. Similarly, we can't prove that the universe arose from nothing. Then why did you sell me the book? And nobody in that audience questioned. Nobody. We have created a generation of sheeple. Ooh, don't want to rough the feathers up. Guys, we have to. Romans 1.22, what I see with these guys is professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Now, virtual particles. Ever hear virtual particles? This is another thing. This virtual particles just pop into it out of existence from nothing. Well, no, they don't. Let me give you a real quick definition because I want to finish with a clip that uh, you're going to be like, what? Virtual particles. What do virtual particles prove? I went to Matt Strassler. He's a leading expert. Uh, I think he was actually at UNLC. And uh, leading expert on virtual particles. And so let me skip this, skip this. Virtual particle. What's a virtual particle? A virtual particle generally is a disturbance in a field that will never be found on its own, but instead is something that is caused by the presence of other particles, often of other fields. He drew a picture that even this poor pea brain could understand. Here's a virtual particle. You have two electrons. When they're far enough away, you don't see anything. When they get within a certain proximity of each other, there's a ripple that goes out. That ripple is the virtual particle. Then when the electrons keep moving, the virtual particle disappears. Is this an example of something coming from nothing? No, it's not. So keep that in mind because now I'm going to do something that you're going to be like, what? Ever hear of Stephen Colbert? He's gotten grumpy in his old age. I don't know what happened to him, but his old show, I never saw it really, but I saw this clip. Stephen Colbert on his old program had Lawrence Krauss come on and sell his book. A universe from nothing. This is classic. You're going to thank me for this part. You don't have to be a jerk to deal with these guys. Watch this. Welcome back, everybody. My guest tonight is a cosmologist whose new book is about why there is something instead of nothing. I'm guessing because his publisher gave him a deadline. Please welcome Lawrence Krauss. <laughs> Sir, let's get the CV out here because it is not unimpressive. Thank okay, you. You are a cosmologist. That's not a cosmetologist. Not a cosmetologist. Okay, because I was going to ask you for a Manny Petty. Okay, <laughs> a theoretical physicist. You're the director of Origins Project at Arizona State University. The new book is called A Universe from Nothing Why There Is Something Rather Than Nothing. A book about the ultimate question. Mm -hmm. Okay, doctor, sweep away thousands of years of mystery and awe at creation that let the greatest minds in civilizations all over the world to lead to one point, a single divine loving creator. Destroy it. <laughs> Why is there something instead of nothing? It's, it's really easy because nothing's unstable. And in fact, uh, there's no evidence for any deity. That it, everything we know about the laws of physics, which are remarkable, and have changed everything about the way we think about the universe, what nothing is and what something is. This, this table here is mostly empty space. This table cost me $500. Well, you tell me I got ripped off? <laughs> well, no, wait, let's go back, go okay. back a second, okay? okay? Nothing is unstable. What do, what do you mean? that nothing is unstable. Nothingness is nothingness. Well, the, the, physics has changed what we mean by nothing. In fact, nothing is an empty space, is a boiling, bubbling brew of virtual particles popping in and out of existence oh, wait, so no, fast. That's not nothing, that's something. Why, do those, why are those virtual them. particles there? Because of the laws of quantum mechanics. And they tell us that even though you can try and count and see what's in there in empty space, you'll see nothing. But in fact, one of the biggest mysteries, and the reason I wrote the book, one of the greatest discoveries the last 50 years is that, in fact, empty space weighs something. It empty, empty space weighs something. In fact, it's the dominant stuff in the universe. Nothing so I am is never, everything. I am never going to lose those last five pounds. <laughs> <laughs> never. And in fact, it's worse because, in fact, Unlike normal stuff, you may have learned in high school that gravity sucks, but in fact, it doesn't. With empty space, it's repulsive. 
and that empty space is forcing the universe to expand ever faster, faster and well, wait, faster. So, no, so the nothingness is forcing us apart. It's forcing us apart. Well, we're not going to be forced apart, but the galaxies are. <laughs> okay, you say, you say, that, uh, you say, you haven't been rubbing any of that baby shampoo in your head, have you? <laughs> With the THC in it? Well, no? I'm, I'm, no, I'm no You're comment. clean? No comment. You're clean? Leave <laughs> yeah. me a hair sample. We'll check it later. All right. So, okay, you say there are three different types of nothing. That's right. What, I mean, what are the three? I didn't know there was such a variety. Yeah, it, a sampler platter I of I would have thought nothing. you'd be an expert on it. But on in nothingness? Case, yeah, yeah. Yes. In any case, there are three different kinds of nothing. First, empty space, which I'd say is probably the nothing of the Bible, an eternal, dark, empty void. Do you mean like, like, a, a, like a true hard vacuum? Exactly. That would be, that's nothing that's, that you're talking that, about? Most of people would have thought that would be nothing. That's what I think nothing is. And, and, and then I Also, tell you that, Baltimore. <laughs> and then, but then if I tell you that that kind of nothing actually is unstable, if you wait long enough, that kind of nothing will always produce particles. By saying that it will... If you wait long enough, the laws of quantum mechanics tell us that particles will burp out of empty space and eventually fill up a universe. It's is really it coming, remarkable. Is it, that, to me, that sounds like the empty space may be empty to us, but it is some sort of sheath or membrane no, no, between no, us there. and some other reality. No, no, there's nothing. Well, there's absolutely nothing there until there's something. What's the second type of nothing? <laughs> okay, well, then if you, if you don't buy that, then I could say, well, you might say, well, that's not nothing because there's space. Yeah. Well, it turns out if you apply quantum mechanics to gravity, then in fact, space itself becomes dynamical and universes, spaces themselves and time can pop into existence where there was none before. So, so in, in, fact, in, some, in some uh, theoretical end space, before the moment Sounds of creation, mm -hmm. there, there, there can be uh, no time and no space and no energy? And no energy, zero And then energy. suddenly, from nowhere, and from nothing comes something and somewhere. And all sorts of stuff. And it sounds like the ultimate free lunch. And yes, it is. It is. It is. And it really, and what's remarkable is it's possible without any supernatural shenanigans. And, but but to me, listen, stop with that. Why? Why do you have, why does, why is what you're doing, whatever this is? Because obviously, because I am not in the priesthood, I can't understand the, the scrawls on the blackboards, you people down at, where are you, where are you? Well, that's why I wrote where the book, you? so you could. Where are you? Actually. Arizona State. Arizona State. Okay, mm -hmm. you, you priests of, of theoretical physics, mm -hmm. you can explain to each other what you mean with your language of math, and I have to take that on faith. No, in fact, you should be skeptical. I and, am. And in fact, you should, <laughs> I know. And that's why you should, but, that's but, why I tried to find the arguments in the book. But I will never read it. So, <laughs> why, why but, other buy, people should, you should buy it. Buying it is important. Buying it's is good. Yeah, <laughs> okay, but why does your, but why does what you're saying have to be an attack on my God? It doesn't have to be an attack. But that's all you've done. You've attacked my God no, for I've the last six him, minutes. No, 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 you have. All I've said is you don't need him. That's an attack. <laughs> No, no, of course we are here to love the universe God. as we understand it. Is, is we have changed our minds about the universe. We've learned that the universe is more remarkable than anything we ever thought before. And, 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 and in fact, changing your mind and in fact being wrong is wonderful. You, you should try it sometime. It's really amazing. <laughs> it, it means that it, it, it means that <laughs> it, 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 the fact that the universe is more remarkable than the fairy tales that were talked about by Bronze Age literate peasants before we knew the Earth oh, orbited you're, the sun. You're not attacking at all, but go ahead. <laughs> no, but I mean, but Les, we so you say, so we you believe celebrate. there's no God? I don't, talk, I don't even use the word believe. The point is there's there no There is need. no God. There's no need for God. Is there God? Is there God? It's what unlikely. would you say? There's no evidence for God. Okay. There's so, no evidence for God. So well, let me ask something. If there is no God, mm -hmm. okay, if there is no thing called God, if he is nothing, can't something come from him? <laughs> from God. We'll be right back. I told you that was good. Carl, there's got to be evidence, right? Because Christians, all we have is faith. You Christians, all you got is faith. Do you know what biblical faith is? Not. It's not blind. Biblical faith is founded in the fact that we have a relationship with some 
God who said that he did this, he said he did this, he said that he did this, and the world that we live in, is it consistent with that or not? It's based in what we actually see. It's not blind. But there is blind faith. Watch that. Because, take a listen. Um, whoops, I turn my, turn this off to save it here. There's got to be evidence to support their position because we're the ones that have faith, right? We don't have any evidence. There's no evidence for God. So there must be evidence that the universe could come from nothing. Let's go back to Alexander Vilenkin and let him, let us, tell us what the evidence is. Of course, if you ask, is there evidence that the universe began by this spontaneous nucleation out of nothing, I don't think we can produce any evidence for that. Hmm. Anybody remember a quote from the very beginning? Remember? Science without physical evidence is an opinion is not even if it's the opinion of a scientist. What our children are being beat up with is the opinion of those that don't believe in God. There's no science to back up what they're teaching. None. There's no evidence to support the fact that life came from non-life, that an amoeba over time turned into a worm, to turn into a fish, to crawl out of land, to become an amphibian, to turn into a rat, to turn into a wolf-like animal, to go back into the ocean, to become a blue whale. There's no evidence for that. But it's being jammed down our children's throats. That's why we have to teach them and prepare them to deal with these things. I know this is probably a very weird set of meetings for your upward basketball finale. God says to be a peculiar people. Nothing wrong with being weird. Just be weird for the right reasons and have an answer for the reason for the hope that lies within you. Give it with meekness and fear. Thank you for letting me be with you, Mr. Chris.